0: We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, God is good. Amen. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. Which means that it's never too late. (laughs) all hope is not lost ever amen he's just waiting for us to tap in to the glorious things that he has for us and um, it's a good thing it's a good thing god is always there for us he's always willing to work on our behalf always willing to heal us restore us save us over and over and over again amen So uh, God is just so good, amen, just so good, everything, thinks about everything, takes care of us. I've been noticing more and more, you know, when you get older and you live alone and all of those things, and I, He's always reminding me that He's there to help me, if nothing else, to keep up with my glasses, because that's a full-time job, amen. And he never complains, he never gets tired, he never says, girl, go get them glasses yourself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's always willing to help, even in the small things. In the big things, of course, he's always there. Heal my body, heal my mind. He's continually healing my mind. Amen. And yours, too. He's doing great things. So we're we're just so ever thankful for that and the lord we just thank you for this time that we have with you we want to go into your word and get understanding get revelation get knowledge and power and go out and do what your word says to do lord let us purpose today to be doers not just hearers we are not people who live in deception But we live in truth, and we live in the results of your holy word, and we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we were talking about the fact that Jesus goes the extra mile. Amen. He goes the extra mile, and he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He he never starts something he doesn't finish. I mean, quit is not on his mind it's not in his vocabulary amen quit really comes from the devil because he's the only loser in this game amen he's the biggest loser so we can count on the enemy to put thoughts of giving up fainting and quitting inside of us uh, we we sometimes get weary Uh, Even though the Bible admonishes us not to, I think the reason it admonishes us not to is because He knows we will. (laughs) You don't warn people of things that you don't think they're going to do. And so He admonishes us not to grow weary. Amen? Grow weary. Because many times, weariness starts out as a seed. Amen? It's taking too long. It's doing this. And if we feed that, and we entertain it and embrace it, we can grow weary. It will begin to wear us down. And so the Bible admonishes us not to do that because it's always a good possibility that we'll fall into that trap. And just as easily as you started to feel weary, you can be revived again. Sometimes you don't think you will because weariness can take you down such a a dark road and, and prolonged you know like the first step of weary is wonder what do you know the wondering wondering why it's taking so long wonder what's wrong wonder when when is it gonna happen when is it gonna be <clears throat> in the words of miss diana ross my turn you understand what i'm saying we all into my turn about stuff, amen. Hey, you had a turn last week and didn't take advantage of it. Just a thought, amen. And so that weary thing, it starts as a little thing. It's a distraction, really, but it has the potential to wind up being the main road, amen. All distractions have the potential to wind up being the main road, amen. And so that's where the Bible admonishes us, hey, get off that road. Get back over here. And that's where Jesus comes in as the finisher of our faith. It's like he's saying, look, I'm over here. Can you come over here and get with me? And as soon as we shake off our weariness and come to our senses and understand, well, if I'm weary and I quit, what am I going to do? You don't have another God in your pocket somewhere that you can serve amen everybody ran from the devil when they found jesus they found out god wouldn't go kill him and send him right to hell they get another chance we ran over to jesus oh Lottie, Lottie, i just love you so much jesus i always loved you i, joke, I, I. huh <laughs> now we getting tired of him mm. just like that boy well i ain't gonna go there with you Boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Since we're all here. So you know how that is, you in love and out of love and then back in love again. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like so many songs today. (laughs) So so I mean, you know, we do. And, and, and God knows we fall in a lot of, out of love all the time. Huh? That's why He's just always there. He said, there they go again. You know, pledging this and pledging that. Lord, I do it. Oh, just use me. Jesus, you use me. And then the next time you go to church, somebody puts a vacuum cleaner in your hand. I'm just not dressed for vacuuming. You understand what I'm saying? Or the vacuum cleaner is gray and you got on red. That Oh, it just doesn't go with my outfit somehow. I just feel so out of place with that. Oh, (laughs) so that's why he just hangs around to finish your faith. He knows you'll get tired of the me life and the, you know, my turn and all that. Pretty soon you'll fall on your face again, back in love again, amen. So, so it, it, it's just that way. And He loves us anyway. Loves us in spite of. Loves sometimes He loves of us because we're so crazy, huh? Like I was shocked one time that it, the Lord gave me a word for somebody, and He said, "Tell her I love that about her." I said, "Huh." What am I, chopped liver? (laughs) But anyway, you know, it's like God is real. And he loves us so much, he's not going to give up on us. So he's like the, you know how these runners have, when they're getting tired at the end of the finish line, some little running person that, Likes them and wants to see them win and come and run alongside to encourage them to, you know, finish the race, all that kind of stuff. And that's Jesus. Amen. He's the author and the finisher. And he sends the Holy Spirit to encourage us and run alongside of us and like, hey, it's not that hard. I'm running right with you. It's always a lot easier when somebody else is in the game with us. Amen. And so whatever he has to do, he will complete your faith. Why? Because he wants to see you get the thing that you believe in for. He wants to see you possess it. So he goes the extra mile. Amen. Sometimes we think uh, we're done with something or it's too late to get it or God's already, you know, all all those things that, that come to our mind. And then we find out the Holy Spirit is encouraging us to continue to believe, and continue to 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 thank God for it, confess the Word, and lift up holy hands and and praise Him for what He's doing in our lives. And so it, that's how He goes the extra mile. He finds a way to get us to release our faith. Amen. He finds a way to get us to release our faith. So we talked about the fact that. When the man and the woman were in the garden, they disobeyed God. Uh, there, there is a curse on um, knowing good and evil. Amen. There's a curse of knowledge out, and 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 it started with their eyes being opened. See, it started with deception, where that Satan told a woman, "He said, if you, he said, did God really say that?" In other words, he always questions our intelligence. Our attention, something he, he like disarms you. He takes away your armor and your defense against him by questioning the legitimacy of it. Hath God really said? Did he really, this, you really think that's going, you really think, you really think you're healed? You really think God's going to do that? You really think? See, and what that does is it knocks you off your foundation if your foundation is easily shaken. The biggest mistake you can ever make is answering him back like he's important. Like what he thinks is important. Amen. Sometimes those thoughts originate within us. Because our insecurities sometimes ride along. They get a free ride into the kingdom with us. You know what I'm saying? Always sitting on our shoulder trying to get our attention to get us to question if everything's okay. Well, if something was wrong with your faith, Jesus would have straightened it up and helped you with it already. (laughs) That's his business. Listen, the devil can't help you with none. If it's something wrong with your confession, something wrong with your faith, something wrong with the way your lifestyle, all of that, the devil can't help you with it. So why are you talking to him about it anyway? Amen? (laughs) But we do. We entertain those thoughts. You know, sometimes they're obvious. Sometimes they're a little more subtle. You know, subtlety is where he operates. Amen? Tries to get you off guard. Gets you to question whether you qualify for God's help. Whether you deserve... What you're expecting God to do? So when He when He questions, "Well, is your faith adequate?" What that really means? Who you think you are? You think you deserve God doing something for you? And we give into it because then we go checking ourselves and say, or you you know you go run get your Bible real quick. You ain't seen it in a week. You pick it up, (laughs) blow. (laughs) I'm in love with this word. Uh, Stroking that Bible ain't going to get you to believe it. You better get to put your eyeballs on that thing. And I mean consistently. Well, look at it this way. At least it helps you get back in the word. Which is where you belong. Amen. So the curse that comes with your eyes being open. Because God never intended for him to be and he doesn't want you to keep him open to everything now amen you keep your eyes open to him Said so he will keep he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me because he trusts me amen you keep your mind on stuff you want amen you don't entertain thoughts of things you know as the thought might hit you Oh, well, what's going to happen? I better lock all these doors in case somebody breaks in. You don't think about that all day long. Amen? Because you got enough sense not to keep yourself worked up over nothing. Amen? And so we think on things that we want to see happen. We want to see them come to pass. And that's why we think on certain things. They're appealing to us. Amen? They're, they serve a purpose, a good purpose in our lives, and so as long as we can understand that God wants us to stay focused on Him, and that's the best place. Stay focused on His Word. If if you start feeling not good, don't focus on not good. Focus on your healed. Because as quick as quickly as that thought came, you know it's only a thought. It's what we make of it that makes it real or not real. See, and, and many times we don't want to believe that, but your faith is powerful to that end. Whatever you focus on becomes more real. It takes on life, takes on power in your life. Amen. That's why the devil devil wants you to think about uh, people that 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 treat you bad, or your haters, or whatever you want to call them. Well, you know, they jealous of me anyway. Why? What you got? That they can't get. (laughs) And more of. (laughs) Many of them. You ain't got nothing. Amen. (laughs) And and jealous ain't paying your bills. So why you gonna sit up there? (laughs) You gonna have to go and hit eight hours like everybody else if you want the bills paid. So don't let that make your head turn. But our eyes being open really was a curse. We're not supposed to see everything. We're not supposed to consider everything. Because it doesn't fit into God's plan for our lives. Why would you consider holding up a bank? You understand what I'm saying? If God ain't told you to... You know, people say things like, times really have changed. You mean they won't let me in a bank unless I have a mask on my face? Used <laughs> to it used to be you couldn't even get service if you had on sunglasses and walk in a bank. Amen. I really have changed. <laughs> so you don't want your eyes open to natural sight, okay? Natural sight is evil sight because it's easily manipulated by the enemy. So you don't want to focus your attention on anything that's easily manipulated by Satan. Huh? He'll get your attention and, and just show out as my mother used to say. Girl, go somewhere and sit down. You know? That was her main word. <laughs> Quit showing out, you know? Or she'd give you that look and you was, see, you, you started showing out because a little, maybe a neighbor came and visited or something and uh, they thought you were cute and you had to stand in the middle of the room and keep Your mother says, sit down, girl, oh mama. And mama shoots you that look, he said, Ooh, if that neighbor ever goes home, I'm really in trouble. So the devil is like that. He wants to get our, He just a little dancing kid in the middle of the room. He just love getting your, come over here and look at this. Come here. Oh, you can't hear that. You don't know how much faith it takes to get that, more than what you got. He didn't have enough faith to stay in heaven. Go talk and they're going to want to take you with him. So we can't let the natural get our attention. Amen. Cannot focus. At some point you have to be like Abraham and consider not these things. Many times if the minute you set to not consider certain things, it seems like the thought gets stronger. Yeah. Cause the minute you start whapping the devil, he gonna hit you back. Amen. Pimp slap you, kneecap you, do break a leg, twist an arm. He do everything he can do. To subdue you and, and over, try to overpower you. So that's why it's good to not even entertain certain things. Amen. That are contrary to God's word. Just stand on the word and you'll be fine. Amen. Just stay sticking with the word and you'll be fine. So having your eyes open and no good and evil is a curse. Amen. And, and to focus on, uh, The natural realm will not bring the blessings of God to you. Amen. Amen. So you don't want to play around in the devil's domain. You want to, even though it may seem tempting, amen, to find out what's behind door number one. None but trouble. It's not the kingdom way. And so God has locked up the promises inside of our hearts. Amen. As we meditate on the Word and He expects us to draw from that at all times. Draw from the rich deposit of the Word that you hide in your heart. Amen. So, so really what you focus on is a matter of what you choose. Amen. Like Joshua said, this day choose. Don't quit, keep putting off the choice. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Amen. And just sign up for serving God all the days of your life. The best decision you'll ever make, amen, is to sign up to serve him. So Jesus has to complete what he started, amen. If you're believing for healing or for your symptoms to go away totally, which we all should, amen, it's not good enough sometimes to have them at a minimal level because you're still li- living in a, uh, a divided atmosphere. You want to be one hundred percent holy toward God. No matter how long it takes, at some point, everything will disappear that's not like God. You keep believing God. You keep speaking to it. Keep thanking God. Keep worshiping God. Keep lifting up your holy hands and asking God to remove that stuff. You know, sometimes you just need to get to the point and say, God, yeah, you know, what's it going to take to get all get rid of all of this? What's what's it going to take? To get this out of my life, period. And so, and don't be afraid to ask God. Amen. You have not because you ask not. He'll give you wisdom on how to, he's your lawyer. He's for you. He's not against you. He's not going to give you something to do that's going to be too hard to do. It's not hard to open up your Bible and read it. Amen. (laughs) That's pretty much what it takes to get rid of anything and to walk into anything that you need is a focus on God's Word. Amen. And so once we understand that, once we understand His yoke is easy and His burden is light, whatever it is that, that that He wants us to do, He will give us the instructions how to do it. He'll even help us do it. Amen. The Bible says even if we fall short on our faith, you know, when we're faithless, he is get faithful. Amen? Because he can't deny he told you he's going to do it. Amen? It's too late. <laughs> we we got a covenant with him already. So he will do what he promises to do without fail. So uh when Jesus said he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things, and we jump in somewhere in the middle. Amen? When you get saved, you jump in somewhere in the middle. When you start to to worship God, you jump in somewhere in the middle and he catches you where you are. He just begins to speak to you. He begins to help you. He begins to help you understand uh, exactly what it is that he desires from you. And he will walk along with you as your personal trainer. Amen? Amen. Amen. I see these people doing what they call them, life life coaches. Unless you got money to coach me with. I'll never see them come out. They'll take your money. And sometimes free advice is the worst advice you can get. I really don't want advice. I want somebody to speak into my life the word of the Lord. Amen. I need no life coach. You know, people think of themselves as so helpless. when did we start needing a life coach? You know, all that the church couldn't do for you. You understand, this is where your life coach is. And he lives with you. Amen? So many times we go outside of the things of God. Just trying to find something to, to as a substitute or a crutch. Rather than go to God and get it dealt with. Amen? If you go to God, you'll get it dealt with. So yesterday we were talking about the fact that Jesus, when when he would minister to people, people that needed healing whatsoever, um, he had to finish their faith. Amen. Now, he starts most of their faith. In fact, there's record. Let me put it this way. He starts everybody's faith. But there's record in most of the accounts where you see him start their faith. He begins it. And in in most situations, it's when they hear about him. Amen. That's how he starts, when you hear about him. Amen. Faith comes by, amen, and hearing by the word of God. So these people, because Jesus was so powerful and so mighty in what God had him do, word got around very, very quickly what he could do. How, how he healed this person, he healed that person. So there was a lot of, of buzz about Jesus. Amen. Uh, testimonies that were given. Lots of people walking around that you could look at and you say, well, I remember him. He was blind for years. He's born blind and now he can see. Jesus did that. Jesus did that. And so it it was all, all the buzz, uh, in Jerusalem and in Different parts of the Middle East where he was. And so when he, he comes across this lady in, I think it's Mark, Mark chapter seven, that's her. We'll go back through her for the sake of just to clarify some things. A Syrophoenician woman. And this is a woman we know she was not a Jew. Amen. And that posed a problem a little bit to some people. Because it depends on what the Jews thought about them, whether they felt they could, whether their faith would work as well as it should. Because as long as you think there's something wrong with you, that God won't give you what you ask for, or God doesn't favor you, or he won't bless you, or there's some doubt there, as long as that's there, your faith is hindered. Your faith has got to be without doubt. Amen. It's It can't be wavering where today you believe Jesus will do it and tomorrow you believe he won't. It's got to be solid. And guess whose job it is to make it solid? It's not yours. It's his. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So it's his job to solidify your faith it's his job to make your faith acceptable to him just like it is with your righteousness the fact that you can pray and ask him anything he says if my if your my word if you abide in me and my word abides in you you can ask anything well that means that he's alive inside of you and from your his life inside of you you do the asking so it's you asking, but you're asking under the power of his abiding life on the inside of you. Not asking in the flesh. You're asking with permission. And so everything that that God requires, he supplies. If he requires righteousness, it's his righteousness that he's supplying to you. It's not yours. Because we can't be straight for ten minutes. Huh? Ten minutes we said, oh I love you Jesus, I love you Jesus. Put on my favorite music. Where'd that song come from? Huh? The DJ that put on the wrong song. Now see, I was in a good mood till they put that on there. Huh? That's my song. Don't mess it up. Cause that's my song huh that's us we holy one minute and somebody messed us up the next just that quick and then we shut everything off and just go soak in the corner what happened to the worship you was all into and just a thought so thank god it's not your righteousness that he's looking for he's looking for his he's looking for the blood to be applied huh three days go by and you still ticked off about the wrong song huh you can't realize why you in such a bad mood don't even feel like reading the word no more just got mad so thank god he supplies righteousness amen when you get mad you can repent you see, God, I'm sorry I was having such a good time, and I let it mess up. Let's get back and plead the blood and get under his righteousness. Put that back on again and step into the throne room. He's there waiting for you. Amen. And he will restore us. Not just forgiven, but cleansed. Huh? Not just forgiven, but cleansed. It's a wonderful thing. See, you don't know forgiveness until you know cleansing. see it's it's a partial thing, you know and people think, "Well, I don't have to ask forgiveness for every little thing. Well, if you know something, you better. <laughs> little thing, big thing. Bible says there's a little foxes that says, spoil a mine, but if you're trying to cover up your little things, you're not even close to being cleansed, so you don't really know what it's all about. Don't get mad at me. A lot of Christians live like this. Huh? See, what makes us angry is those people, those Christians that have flaws and they mess up and then they go right on living like nothing's wrong. See, there's something they know that you don't know. Cause while you're sitting waiting, Counting their fleas and trying to condemn them, they've gotten forgiven and cleansed and, and on their way (laughs) to serving God again. You sitting up there wondering, now they ain't that, they ain't all that, huh? It's the truth. (laughs) That's why Jesus, when he got Lazarus up out of the tomb, we don't know if he was stinking or not, his sister told on him because she probably been close enough to the tomb to st- you understand three days everybody stinks. Try it sometime <laughs> no, with you. Ah stop it and you better wake up. Or I wouldn't have to go there. But but you know what I'm saying. So the average new Christian, that's what Lazarus represents, make a lot of mistakes. Old ones do too, but we won't go there today. I don't have enough time. Uh, That's why Jesus told them, he said, y'all take them grave clothes off of him. Touch the stinky ones. Touch the ones that you can't stand. Touch the ones that offend you. Touch them. That's the job of the body of Christ. But what the majority of us do is Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, help this poor child not to be so crass and cruel, and worldly, carnal. Huh? They'd have done better just not to come your way. Amen. Because the grave clothes are still on them. <laughs> But see, those of us who have been forgiven and cleansed know that we can touch anything. And make it better. That's how we get better. Amen. So the Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter 7, I think she starts in verse 24. It says, And he rose from there and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, entered into a house and would have no man know it but he could not be hid oh i like that i like this god amen why do you think he couldn't be hid one number one if you're if you're a christian if you're any kind of minister the anointing will tell on you before you even enter the room you understand what i'm saying amen so it's the presence of god that he carried but also when people would begin to recognize who he was he had a reputation of doing good and healing and helping and so wherever he went his reputation went with him and the presence went with him because a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit Heard of him? She heard. So this is where her faith in him begins when she heard about him. What she hear? We ain't sure. But she heard enough to give her hope that he could heal her daughter. Just like most people who are are have some reputation, there's good and bad said about them, huh? The Pharisees never had a good report about Jesus. So, but, but one of the things that she might have heard at, or that caused some fear and doubt that he might help her to manifest is that he was a Jew. And it seemed that he came to the places where Jews were mostly, which was his assignment. The Bible says he came to his own, but his own received him not. Amen. So while he was coming to his own, there were many people who were not his own that did receive him. So she's thinking, well, maybe not. He's just for the Jews and he won't do anything. But there was this man and he was from my country or wherever and he healed his people. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's mixed. Report. We all have it. Mixed report. God will do this for me, but you hear somebody's testimony. And the worst thing you can do is wonder how they got God to do it for them. Because then you start comparing yourself to the person that received instead of going straight to God. Say, God's no respecter persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. And forget about it. Amen? But many times we try to figure out what they did to earn, to be good enough for God to do something for them. Amen. When when he's the author and the finisher of their faith, just like he is yours. If your faith isn't what it needs to be, he will help that. He will help it. He will always help our faith. So don't quit because you think you don't believe strong enough or It didn't happen the first time you prayed and you're still waiting. You understand what I'm saying? While you're still waiting, he's still helping your faith. He's He's still in there percolating, adjusting, and working on it. Amen? And if you'll turn your attention to him, you'll become aware of it and how much he's helping you. So she had a young daughter with an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. She was a Greek, a Syrophoenician. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled. It's not good for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. We've gone over this story many times. Jesus operated in what's called the gift of the word of knowledge. So that's what he's doing. He's just reading her mail a little bit like he did with the woman at the well. Amen. So he tells this lady what your problem is. And the reason I can't heal your daughter with the faith you're presenting to me right now. Which how many of you know we've all been there. We'll go there again. Because there's something a little goofy about your faith and it needs to be adjusted. I'm going to adjust it now. See, the wonderful thing about these examples is we see it done in one setting. Take yourself and put yourself in that, and you may have to stretch it out a little bit of time. You got me? You just might have to. And so here she is. She's telling him that she wants her daughter healed, but he knows there's something inside of her that's not going to let that happen. Because her faith has to be released totally to him. There's got to be total trust. In and in confidence in that individual that you're coming to for your healing. Amen. Uh, it, it's just true. Faith works by love. You can't be skeptical, critical. Now sometimes God will have mercy on skeptical and critical people and get their attention and start to convince them. I was that way when I was uh, an unbeliever. I didn't believe I would hear about people getting healed by faith or getting a miracle. And I... They can't get a mirror. You know that kind of stuff. Cause you're an unbelief. But, but there are people who are kingdom people. Born again people. They're still negative and critical. Because they need to repent. They need to get some work done on them. So their faith can be released. And God works with them. Amen. He'll work with everybody. And so when Jesus tells her, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. He said that because that came from inside of her. That did not come from him. That came from her. See, anytime he deals with people, he's dealing with what's inside of us. If there's unbelief in us for some reason, there's something else in there we're believing that's blocking the word of God from from grabbing our faith and getting us to the place where we can really believe it. See, unbelief is not just you refuse to believe God's word. It can believe you. It can be that you believe something else more strongly than you believe God's word. Amen. You find this this with people in in relationships all the time. You know, well, you don't know that you don't know what I go through, or you don't know my situation, or you don't know my this. You can be giving people the word of God. And they they refuse it because we don't know their situation. My situation is different. Well, if it's bigger than God, I don't know what kind of help you're going to get. You know, when <laughs> we were a little younger in the things of God. And we would have women all the time, you know, coming for prayer yeah, you know, I told Pastor Shirley one time I said, "We need to take a different approach to this." So, <laughs> one person was saying, "Well, he did this and he did." I said, "Well, you know what? Let's close the Bible. Let's get us a gun and go shoot that." <laughs> huh? Well, at least it broke the tension of you know, before then it was a standoff. And you're trying to give the word and they fight. And man, when the devil got to hold a person, they give you more excuses and more reasons why they're right and God's wrong. So we would just, you know, get our, I said, Pastor Shirley, come on, let's go get, we going. we going to take a ride. Get up and go. I said, I'm the biggest, I'll hold him down and y'all, you know, whatever you want to do. Let's get it. Am I right, poppy? Do we... <laughs> right, That's right. If the word won't take care of it, we got means to. You understand what I'm saying? Your faith ain't in the word. What do you want to believe? <laughs> Amen. And I'm not lying, right, Miss Nola? <laughs> Amen. But this is what sometimes, you know, you, you people get there. They're down a road you can't get them off of. You know, you're trying your best to give them the word, but they just ain't in a word mood. huh? And that's this lady. She was not in a word mood. Huh? She wasn't. She, in her mind, she's tempting God. She's asking, but not asking. She kind of fleecing and feeling out. Well, come heal my daughter then. You know what I'm saying? And he senses that she's believing that he won't do it because. If there's ever anything, see, the the mistake sometimes people make is believing that there's a good reason why they can't have what they want from God. If it's, and especially if it's something you can't change. Like this lady can't change that she's not a Jew. So she's she's saying, in effect, that that's going to disqualify her from receiving anything from God. And she's going to confront the man of God to find out, is he really who he says he is? Is he really a God of love? Is he he really God of mercy or are you just like the rest of those Jews that don't like us Samaritans or our Syrophoenicians? Amen. And so when when he confronts her on this and tells her, reads her mail and tells her what she has in her heart, that's what he's doing. He's not calling her a dog. He's reading what she has on the inside of her. He's calling her what she thinks she is compared to him. So she's exposed now. What's she going to do with this? And once God exposes what's standing between you and him, the only thing you can do is confess it, get it out of the way, and let's move on and get me what I need. Amen? And so he tells her that. And she answered him and says to him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. So she... Keeps herself in the game by answering that through her confession. He calls her a dog and she said, yeah. So she confesses that she agrees with him that I think there's something about me that you don't like. And if that's not taken care of, my daughter don't get healed. You understand? And sometimes there are things in us that we are holding. We don't want to confess them out to God. We don't want to acknowledge them. We don't want them to come to light. We just want to go in there with our confession and what we think is our faith and let me have this and I know I can have it and yada, yada, yada. When there's something in there warring against your faith all along. You understand? Something antagonistic to your faith. Something that won't let your faith be totally released in confidence that God will do it. And I'm being obedient to what God's told me to do and that's all I have to do and it's a done deal. See, many times we have many reservations about certain things. You know, you, you pray and you, you feel like you're the next in, in line for a promotion at your job when the door opens. And then you go into the job and you see three or four other people that think the same thing. And you start comparing yourself. Huh? When you're incomparable. Because the incomparable one lives in you. Just keep letting him live. Amen? You're the best one qualified for the job. you got to believe that. If you don't believe it, then quit going up in God's face trying to act like you believe it, but get yourself in your Bible somewhere where you do believe it. Well, they got more education. Well, go get some if you think that's really... Either God told you he's going to do it, or he didn't tell you he's going to do it. Because, see, next week you can come back with something else. I'm two inches shorter than they are. Well, what you gonna do about that in a week? You understand what I'm saying? They don't like me as much. Well, what's wrong with you? You're not likable. Get likable. I mean, you know, there's a solution for everything. It's true. But see, really, the problem is, deep down, we don't believe God. And until you believe God, you will not move from square one to square two. You're just going to have to believe him. You're going to have to make up your mind that you believe him. Period. And you might have to disconnect yourself from some stuff to get yourself in faith. Amen? You will. You're gonna have to quit hanging around, quit fleecing people at the in, in the uh break room. You understand what I'm saying? Fishing around, and the conversation gets around to the job that's coming up, huh? Mm-hmm. God promotes you without posting it. Well, as soon as this job get posted. You promote you don't have to post nothing to promote you. Huh? Your your success doesn't depend on what man does ever, except say okay. I was speaking with somebody that that was, you know, applying for a job or you know, it talked to their boss already, you know, there was a a job that was being developed and when it came up and you know, all this, and um, and um the person was saying, she said, well, you know, I know God said it's mine. I said, well, your boss is going to have to just agree with God. That's all. She said when they went to talk about it, they had set an appointment to talk about the job. She said her boss started trying to say, well, I'm not, and every time she got ready to say something negative, she couldn't open her mouth anymore. And then after a while, she got tired of struggling with it. Well, I guess the job's yours. I mean, what else was she going to say if God gave? You understand what I'm saying? So I don't care how hard the enemy might try to make like it's something else. If God has it for you, he has it for you, period. Amen. You must qualify, or He. if you don't qualify, he can qualify you. He's your qualifier. You ain't your qualifier. You know, one day you in, the next day you out. One day you hot, next day you not. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, as far as people are concerned. One day they love you, next day they hate you. You know, don't be, this ain't a, a, you know, the kingdom is not based on likes. Huh? See, it used to be just likes and, and, you know, that was it. Now they got you about seven different choices there. You know, you can go to like the love, the hugging and shocked and angry. and You know, that's that's a little too honest for me. Just keep me in the like category. Get along fine. You understand what I'm saying? And because because people are like that, they want to know that they're accepted. They want to know certain things. They want to be reassured in the natural. Well, God's not going to let that happen to you. All his business with us is in the spirit. Amen. So no natural. You can't lean on it, you can't depend on it, because the minute you start, and God does this for our own good, the minute you start focusing on people, what they think, what they say, the power they have, all this, he will knock that platform out from under you. He's not going to let you stay people-focused and receive from his kingdom. You have to stay God-focused. Amen? So this woman is uncertain, and Jesus knows it. You know, she's kind of begging and wavering. All of that. But then he finally provokes her enough to get her to tell the truth. And she's probably said that in her mind. (laughs) You ever think crazy stuff in your head that winds up being God? You know, she probably goes around the Jews, look at them. They think they better than us. Tell me we dogs. Well, honey, if I'm a dog, if they at the table, I'm getting the crumbs. She probably said that to herself before because it came out too quick. But it's faith. It ain't pretty, but it's faith. Sometimes what you have to do to get what you need from God is not pretty, but it's faith. Amen. Like having a conversation with your boss and they can't find their words and they get confused. And you just have to sit back and watch it. Not really sure what's going to happen. But you know God's got her now. If God's got your boss. They're going to come out and say the right thing. Amen. Amen. And eventually they did. Amen. Because they couldn't say anything else but that. That's the power of God to help us. And give us what he says is ours. The minute You believe that thing belongs to you. The minute you believe. So Jesus tells her, he says, for this saying, what you said the first time wasn't cool. Mm. Ah. Ah. You mean that's why I keep having to confess the word over and over again? Maybe. I don't know. We need to confess it to convince ourselves (laughs) that God's going to do it. Amen? Sometimes we need to just confess it to convince ourselves that it's already done. Amen? You're not waiting on anything because it can manifest at any time. You have no idea when it will come to pass. You just have to know that it will. So that's where a lot of us get confused as we give it we have a time limit on what we are going to let god do in our lives like there's something else you can go do that's more entertaining than fighting the devil all day long you know what i'm saying (laughs) so he says for this saying not for what you said the first time jesus you mean to tell me she could have come up to you off the bat and said, I ain't a dog. Heal my daughter. Uh, yeah. She could have skipped the fake worship. She could have k- skipped all the pretending to be, you know, an okay person. All the fake stuff. See, if we take off the fake and put on the real, we'll get faster <laughs> results from God. Huh? You know, if you need something from God, talk to Him about it. Don't get out your twelve steps of doing this, that, and the other, and try to work your voodoo on Him. He's not impressed. He wants to hear from you. He wants your heart. He's not impressed with people who just want stuff. He likes people who want Him. Amen. And, and so sometimes it's it's about taking time to honor him and love on him and worship him and talk to him. Tell him about some of the things. I tell you what, if you spend time thanking God and telling him about some of the things that you've come through in life that he's brought you through, I guarantee you, your faith will be perfect by the time you get finished with that conversation. But see, we go, we go robot fashion sometimes. I believe I received when I prayed, I believe I received when I prayed, I believe I received when I prayed. Huh? I thank you, I bless you, I praise you. Thank you, bless you, praise you. Instead of just going in the throne room and say, God, what's up? I just love you, Lord. I just you know, I'm I'm gonna take some time out of my routine that I do. <laughs> your steps, your formulas, your routine. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, it it serves a purpose. But there's sometimes you just need to talk to him and say, you know what? I think you think I'm worthless. And I think you think I can't have this. I've been trying to use faith. I've been trying to get faith. I've been trying to convince you I believe. But deep down, it's just not clicking somewhere. For most of us, that's the raw truth. And we cover it up with a good confession. Now if your confession is helping you to believe, please have at it. But most times, most confessions we make are done to convince God that we got it all together. There's nothing wrong here. I'm just waiting for you to hear my confession so you can give me what I want because it's driving me crazy. Uh, You need to talk about driving you crazy. Instead of coming up there with that little weak confession. Cause you see here what Jesus honors. He honors honesty. He said that stuff you was talking before, sister, I was not getting it. He said for this, what you just told me right here, this is why I'm gonna heal your daughter. It's raw. It's honest. It's what you didn't really want to say to God. But it got the job done somehow. Hmm. Imagine that. Coming to God, being honest, and getting the job done. Ooh. Don't let that get out. <laughs> I can see a lot of people <laughs> flushing their books and tapes down the toilet not being able to sell them no more. You let something like that get out. And when she got home, guess what? Her daughter was healed. Just like Jesus told her. He said, the devil just came out of your daughter. In other words, you just released your faith just now. Huh? You don't have to wrestle with God to get anything. Just be honest. God, this ain't happening quick enough for me. Huh? That's how we feel. Instead of doing that, we say, I just believe I received. I'm healed. Ouch. I'm healed, but I'm nervous. I'm healed. Huh? I'm telling you. If it got her daughter delivered, it'll get you delivered too. It'll get you what you need. Huh? But see, Jesus worked with her. Now we don't, may not like what he did. It didn't look pretty. It didn't sound pretty. Because when he first told her it's not good to take the children's bread to give it to dogs, the disciples started treating her rough. See, Jesus exposes everything and everybody. The disciples did look down their noses at her. So he had to clean them up too. So while he's calling her a dog, he's indicting everybody. Huh? Every time he spoke, he indicted somebody. In other words, disciples, you get that junk out of you too. Stop treating these people like this. You're not better than they are. Amen? So he cleans up his ushers. Mm -hmm. And he cleans her up too. Huh? Why would you think I'm in the class with them? I'm a holy man of God. I don't hold anything against anybody. So let's get this out of the way so I can help you. And that's how he is the author and finisher of our faith. He cleans up our faith by getting the junk out of us. Getting the thoughts out of our mind and and attitudes out of our heart. Gets that stuff cleaned up. So that we can we can get that, amen. These are the what ifs that rob our faith. She came to him, acting like she had faith, but it was being robbed. What if he doesn't do it because he thinks that I'm a dog, like they all call us, amen? What what if he does that? And so all of these doubts for her not qualifying were taken care of. As he finishes her faith. Amen. If she really felt. That Jesus. Wouldn't do it. Because of that. Why'd she come in the first place. See we're all like this. We come on the outside chance. That our faith will get us. What we desire. She's got some faith. But it's being pushed down and squelched by this attitude in her heart that she doesn't qualify. Well, if that stands, she'll never qualify. So she's going on the outside chance that she might find this man of God is different than the ones in the temple. And the ones that she sees everywhere. On the outside chance. When people would go to Benny Hinn, they went on the outside chance that he had something that their pastors didn't have because they desperately needed to be healed. You understand what I'm saying? So we take what faith we have. And and many people go from that outside chance faith to total faith right in a meeting because they begin to see enough and hear enough where they get convinced and they're fully persuaded that God wants them well. See what I'm saying? And it works. It gets the job done. So Jesus gets this lady from an outcast to a favored person all in one operation. Some of us can get converted just like that, but some people take time. And he will take the time that it needs to get us all over in that zone where he can say, for this that you're saying, for this that you're believing with me, amen, for this You're getting your healing, and you're getting it right now. There's a right now time for everything we're believing God for, folks. There's a right now time for it. It's good to be honest before God, because you can't hide anything from Him. If you're not sure He loves you enough to do so-and-so and 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 such-and-such, you need to talk to Him about that. If you think you've done too much wrong that He could never give you favor you need if you don't feel that you don't have what everybody else has th- this degree and that degree it's just paper lord have mercy i said it's just paper Huh? your education is what you make of it You know, it's doctors out there to cut the wrong foot off and they got the same paper up there that they, you understand what I'm saying? Just paper until you get to dealing with people. Then you find out what they really got. So she got her daughter, she went home, her daughter was healed. She got reassured by Jesus. Everybody who went to Jesus got reassured how they got what they got. And I like that about him. He said, for this saying, I'm healing your daughter. With the woman with the issue of blood, he went, he went back and told her, daughter, your faith made you whole. She has said within herself, "If I can just touch him, I'll behold." Her faith was the overriding thing that got that for her. Not so much the to touch. For some people, they faith faith told them walk behind Peter and let his shadow fall on you. Ah. Huh? Faith is powerful. That's why the devil jacks us around in that area so much. You understand what I'm saying? You know, if your faith is jacked up, you need to talk to God about that and get straightened out with it. It's worth it. Huh? It's worth it. You know, your faith needs to be engaged at all times. It can't just be sitting over here in the corner. You think you're waiting on God to do something for you. You do it for yourself. You know, it might have been she touched the hymn. That's what her faith told her. That's cool. But her faith did it. See, everybody that got anything from him, their faith did what what they you know what i'm saying whatever your faith tells you to do you do that and release your faith but what you release did it he has to see our faith and he will orchestrate things in your life to back you against the corner so that you must show him your faith You've got to show them your faith. Um Let me go over here. I think I want to do this thing with the lepers. I think. I think, I think, I think. Um, where are they? Oh, Luke 17. We'll turn there. In verse, I think 11 is where it starts. Where am I? Okay. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, when they would, they stand afar off because they're segregated for, from society. If they were walking, say down the street or something like that, they would yell out the word "unclean," so people would distance themselves from them. Amen. That that was their protocol. the 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 leprosy was um, wasn't just leprosy, but it was thought to be many diseases. Um, in Leviticus chapter thirteen, I'm not gonna go through it because it's long. And it seems a little complicated at first, but what it is is that any any skin disease was considered as probable leprosy. And it's amazing to me the skill that God gave to the priests to diagnose illness, disease. In fact, the first um, first uh, accounts historically, of people being examined and and measures be kept in place to stop stop disease from spreading is in the Bible. So all of these isolation techniques and all of these different things that they do, you can trace it back to here. That's the first known application of isolation to stop the spread of disease. Now, over the years, they found out leprosy is a bacterial infection. And it imitates many other diseases in its initial stages. So the priest had to stay on your case, so to speak, to properly diagnose you, properly isolate you if it was needed, recommend what you needed. Of course, they always were willing to hear your confession of your sin. You make your your atonement and so forth and so on with the sacrifices. That was part of it. But many times you would, you would get an eruption on your skin and they had to watch you for a while. So when it would first break out, you'd go and stay for seven days. And if it was determined it was not leprosy or it would start to clear up, then they would put you back in there and, and you could go back with your family. So you were isolated and brought back, isolated and brought back, but you were always under the authority of the priesthood. Always. They had to clear you from being isolated and, and know that this disease had cleared up on you before you could be put back into society. And nobody liked living off by themselves. And nobody likes that. I don't care how much you say you don't need people. You a lie. Huh? You need something, you need air. <laughs> Amen so here they they are they're off to the side but somehow they get something we call faith absolutely because it shows up later in in this story so they've heard about jesus and they take a chance that's all we do be honest with you we're taking a chance because when we start out, we're not really convinced. We it's the outside chance that this might work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now there are times when God will just give you a deposit of faith, and you're confident from beginning to end. But it depends on what you think, what you focus on, how how you carry your faith, whether you can get it to the finish line or not. Smith Wigglesworth had a extremely powerful healing ministry. It was at the in the 1800s, early 1900s. But he had, I think it was a gallbladder or something where he was in excruciating pain for years and couldn't get his healing. He finally did get his healing. But he was in this condition for years. But he kept preaching, he kept ministering, praying for other people, God would heal them. But he had this... I mean, he's the author and a finisher of faith, but we got to let him work on it. Amen. We got to let him work it. And so these lepers then were under the authority of the priesthood, period. So that was the deal. If you felt like your skin had changed or many times they would have to change the way they lived. Did, Did they live close to God? You don't live close enough to God. You'll you'll come down with something, you know. I mean, this is Old Testament now. I'm not trying to indict anybody here, but you better live close to God. He, you belong to Him now. Your best bet is to stay close. But but there there these ten lepers were, and they begin to cry out to the Lord. And and it says, as he entered into a certain village, ten lepers met him. They stood afar off. They lifted up their voices. Instead of saying unclean, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So this is where faith first shows up. They know him to be a man full of mercy. Amen. So they're asking for mercy. They're not asking to go back to the priest to show him anything. They're not asking for for another examination They're not saying, well, maybe this is cleared up a little bit and I should go have it checked out again. They just want an end to their suffering. And they know that Jesus has a reputation of bringing an end to people's suffering. We don't know that he's already healed some lepers. We don't know that. But we know that they believe and they're crying out in faith. And when he hears them, he tells them right away, go show yourselves to the priest. And it must be that they're healed, their faith, they have enough faith in what they're, in their voices right at that time for him to grant them what they're asking for. So he doesn't have to complete their faith. He doesn't have to work with them. He doesn't have to tweak it. He doesn't have to get them to get honest or anything. They're just crying out for what they need. And there's enough faith on that cry out for mercy. While we trying to get all perfect in the way we pray and all this all other exotic stuff, sometimes you just need to cry out. Say, God, take this pain away from me. I've been talking to it all day for three days now and it won't go. Can you please take it? Now, Some people might say, well, you're supposed to rebuke the devil yourself. I told you I've been doing that. It ain't working. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's just get down to the, to the chase. You either want to be, get rid of it or you don't. And that's where they were. It says, and he says, go show yourself to the priests. So when he tells them that right away, they know I'm better. Because if I go back to the priest in the condition I was in before, or if he's not gonna do this for me, I go to the priest and they just give me, put me back in the same place I'm in now. But their faith somehow got completed, and when he said, go show, it clicked in them, I'm healed. And it says here, as they went, See, if one of them had stood back and started trying to figure out what's the priest going to say when I... See, we get ourselves in trouble with our own heads. Suppose this ain't the right... Suppose this... suppose, Suppose the word don't work. I got cancer. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So you gotta get yourself in a position where you get confidence in God that He's gonna work through your word, through the word. But when He told them, go show, that sealed it. Go. Everybody that went was healed as they went. Amen? He'll do the same thing with you. On your way to, to, instead of going back to bed and crying, and holding what hurts and wondering when it's going to stop, go show. Go show God that you believe you heal. Go get up, put some clothes on. Well, shower's optional. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thought. You know what I'm saying? I got dressed. Okay. True. Get up, get out that bed. Take up your bed and walk. Be healed. Act healed. Amen. Well, I got sniffles. You can sniff standing up. You can sniff walking around. Amen. Them sniffles ain't going to get no better you putting them to bed. Huh? <laughs> but if you're healed, do what healed people do. huh? This is our classic scripture. Go show. Huh? Go show God you believe you heal. Go show them people at work. Always already called off sick. Well, don't get in the bed, stupid. Repent. You was going to go shopping anyway if you could. You keep calling in something, you might get it. But leave that stuff alone. Amen. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw, he was healed. Now, why didn't the rest of them do it? People say, oh, they weren't grateful. You don't know that. Jesus said, you know, the rest of them went to show themselves to the priest. This one came back to thank him. The rest of them could have done it. But their faith was in showing themselves to the priest. They wanted the priest to check them off the list and say, uh, uh Ahmed, you can go home today. Or Ralph, you can, Hosea, you can go home today. Ralph, you can go home. They all wanted a clean bill of health from the priest. Only one of them, and he wasn't locked up in the system. He wasn't a Jew. Huh? So he was grateful because he looked at himself He said, oh, I am healed. He had leprosy, but he wasn't under the system. See, there are some people that, that have been under the system of the doctors, and, and now you got to wait until they give you a clean bill of health before you know you're healed, even though God's healed you. You understand what I'm saying? Then some people just get their healed and never go back to the doctor again. <laughs> they, they know the deal. See when you know that you know that you know you don't need them confirming and getting you off out the system because you were never in it. You need to be in God's system so that when God tells you something, you receive it by faith and you know either one will work. sometimes if you feel better having it confirmed because they put something on you against you. So you go back and get it removed now that God's healed you, and that's perfectly fine. But there are some people who have such a knowing. They say, "I don't want to see them doctors no more. I don't want to see. Them. I don't want them to draw nothing off of me. Don't take. Don't even take navel lint. You can't have my blood. You can't have my spit. You can't have that. Don't. You can't even have my navel lint. They just free." Because he set him free. When he heals you, you are free of disease, folks. You're free of disease anyhow. The devil can't put it on you. He can chase you around with some symptoms. But sick don't stick, folks. Not to the blood bought. Amen? Because we're healed. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Father, we thank you for healing us in the atonement. We're not waiting on a a time when we're healed. We're healed now. And we thank you for that, Father. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We magnify you. We lift you up, Lord. You're worthy to be praised and adored. You're worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. We thank you, Lord. Father, I speak to every vessel here. Why don't you lift up your hands to God and thank Him for healing you. Just worship Him a little bit. Honor Him. Love Him. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. Thank you, Lord, that we are healed without a doubt. Thank you, Lord, that we are blessed. We are filled. We have everything that we need. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Mr. Howard, why don't you follow me around? We're going to give everybody a touch from God today. Is that, that good everybody? Praise God. Thank you Lord. Whatever you need, He's there for ya. Why don't everybody stand in front of your chairs unless, you know, you feel better just sitting and receiving. That'd be fine too, but if you do, we'll just give you a touch. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. So you can see it, you see, Javi, I think we'll be okay. Thank you, Lord. Touched.